Hello and welcome to another episode of Relationship Alive. This is your host, Neil Satin. And today I have two important things to talk to you about. The first is Valentine's Day. Happy belated Valentine's Day, by the way. And the second is the importance of how to be in uncertainty, whether it's in your relationship or whether it's you're single and you're uncertain. It's how to be in this state of not knowing what is going to happen. How do you hold limbo? How do you hold not really knowing what the future holds? That's the second important thing that we're going to talk about today. But first, I want to just remind you that this podcast is an offering for you so that you can have the most amazing relationship possible. If you're finding the show to be helpful for you or those you love, please consider a donation to help ensure that we can continue. To choose something that feels right for you, just visit neilsatin.com support. Or you can text the word support to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. And this week, I would like to thank Drew, Karina, Timothy, and Lydia. Thank you, all of you, so much for your ongoing support of the Relationship Alive podcast. So let's start with Valentine's Day. It's a day that can be problematic for a lot of people because there's so much expectation around what it means. And I think expectation in many ways is like the enemy of presence, the enemy of love. So what do you do when expectation is the enemy of love and yet here's this day that's all about the expectation of something romantic happening, something special happening? What do you do with that? And how do you actually make it something special in a way that's meaningful, where it's not just you're doing something because you have to, but it's because you actually want to, and where you're not judged on the greatness or tininess of whatever it is you choose to do to show your love for your partner. On some level, You know, part of me wants to start this slogan that like every day is Valentine's Day because hopefully every day is a day that you're able to show love for the people who matter most to you in your life. First of all, for yourself to actually do something loving for yourself. And it's especially important on Valentine's Day to carve out a moment or two for you to nurture yourself. And then on top of that, um, yeah, to be showing love and care to the people around you that matter. That should be happening all the time. And it should be the kind of thing that isn't, um, that isn't judged on how uh, spectacular it is or how poignant and, and simple it is. This past Valentine's Day, As an example, I knew that Chloe really wanted this special cookbook that's all about herbs and healing and cooking um, and medicinal cooking. And 
um, you know, I, she had seen the book maybe a month or so ago and I noticed that she really liked it. And so I got a copy of it for her and I wrapped it and had it tied up with a nice little ribbon and under the bed. And when we woke up in the morning on Valentine's Day, there it was for her. And I felt pretty good about it because even though I hadn't written a card, I did write a little inscription in the book, but I hadn't done a card. That was pretty much all that I had planned for Valentine's Day. And I thought, you know, after this, maybe we'll cook a nice meal together or we'll just enjoy each other. That would be great. And we both work from home more or less. So we have the opportunity to see each other throughout the day. Not that we always do because we're both really busy with what we're doing. Uh, that was all I had planned. And I thought that was enough. And Chloe, she usually pulls out the stops a little bit more. Somehow this year, because we've been, we've had a lot going on, somehow this year, um, she didn't have anything planned for Valentine's Day. And, and I could tell that it was really challenging for her to not have that special thing. Um, and so over and over again, I had to let her off the hook and be like, you know what? It is, it is totally okay. In fact, there was something really sweet about how, um, I don't want to say how bad she felt, um, but how she came to me and just acknowledged, you know what? It's Valentine's Day and are you sure it's okay? And I feel really bad. And, you know, I always do something for you. And all those things that she said, they were just really sweet and endearing. And for me, that was enough on Valentine's Day. Some people just want to be considered on Valentine's Day, just want to hear thank you um, for being you. Sometimes you can have that conversation with your partner. What would you like for Valentine's Day? What would be really special and meaningful for you? And other times, maybe you surprise them with something. But I wonder what it would take to just completely get rid of any expectation and to just have that day come upon us and be like, you know what, whatever happens is great. There is absolutely no pressure on you to do something amazing. And in the past, I've felt that pressure and I've responded in different ways. Sometimes I'm literally incapacitated by the pressure and and I would have to turn to Chloe and say, uh, I really, I know, I just, I did this card five minutes ago and I, I hope it's okay. Um, other times I've pulled out all the stops and there's something really special and fun about that. And at the same time, I have to say that because the expectation is there, I think it takes some of the magic away rather than something over the top romantic happening in a totally unexpected moment, on a totally different day. So I encourage you, whatever your situation, to think objectively about Valentine's Day and to give yourself permission to be off the hook for whatever is supposed to be happening. And also to let your partner off the hook and be like, you know what, whatever is totally fine. And if whatever is not totally fine with you, then it's, it's worth thinking about that for sure. Um, but thinking about it 
on a bigger level. Maybe it's because things are really, you're really struggling in your relationship. And if that's true, it shouldn't come down to Valentine's Day to like make or break your relationship. If you're struggling in your relationship, then there's something bigger going on, bigger than Valentine's Day. So don't make it about Valentine's Day, right? Make it about what's really going on. Wow, baby, like, I just want you to know that I'm having a really hard time in our relationship. And maybe we can just talk about that today and talk about what's important to us and what's important to us in, in what it means to love each other. Maybe that's how we spend Valentine's Day. Would you do that with me? Would you be willing if I let you off the hook completely? Just one possibility. Or if your relationship is amazing, maybe it feels like a letdown for something, for nothing really to happen on Valentine's Day or for something tiny to happen. Or maybe it really doesn't matter to you. And if that's the case, then you get today's gold star or um, sort of glittery red heart sticker. That's yours today in celebration of Valentine's Day. What I really want for you is to feel the love, to feel that happening all the time. And to find a way for you to diminish the expectations that you have about Valentine's Day. To actually take some of the meaning away from Valentine's Day. And instead, I encourage you to give it your own meaning and to have that be done in the process of dialogue with your partner. What does this mean to you? What do you want it to be? What does it mean to us? It can be that kind of celebration of love. And because so much of love happens in the moment, I think that if you can get past what you wish were or weren't happening and instead could be there in the moment with your partner, then that's where the love actually exists. And if you're not in partnership, then again, Valentine's Day can be a great day to show love to yourself, to show love to other people in your life, to surprise someone with a Valentine, someone that's not even expecting it. You know, maybe it's the day that you pay the toll for the person behind you and, and also leave a Valentine for them as well. I don't know. I encourage you to get creative because when you live from a place where you're willing to just experience love and to be open to the love that's in the world around you, then that's going to connect you to other people on that wavelength. And I know that might sound a little woo-woo, but trust me, it is what actually helps you resonate with people on a frequency that's about being alive and cherishing life and tapping in to the energy of love on a day-to-day -day basis so that you're not in a state of deprivation around it. That's when Valentine's Day can become really charged, right? If you're in a state of deprivation, like I was talking about earlier. So don't start out that way. There is plenty of love available to you. And if you tap into it and your experience of it, and what you love in the world around you, what you love about your life, then you will connect with people who are also thinking about what they love about life, as opposed to people who are thinking about being in lack. 
wishing they had love. Um, that's a recipe for having lots of problems that you're then going to have to work out with each other, which is totally possible because that's how so many of us actually come to our relationships, at least initially. But why start that way if you don't have to? That's my question for you, my rhetorical question. Okay, so quick pause between, uh, between Valentine's Day and what's coming next, which is all about not knowing. And you have no idea what I'm going to talk about. And in fact, you really have no idea what I'm going to talk about. Um, two things. First is uh, really funny. Chloe and I decided that to celebrate Valentine's Day this year, along with a cookbook, we are going to take our Thriving Intimacy course along with all the other people who are taking it. And so if you want to find out, we're not going to start probably until the beginning of March. Um, if you want to get in on that, then make sure um, that you're on my mailing list. That's probably the easiest way. And if you've signed up for anything from me, then you're on the list. But in case you haven't, a great place to start is to get my free communication guide to my top three relationship communication secrets. It's totally free. And it's three things that you can implement really easily that will completely change the game in terms of how you communicate with your partner or really how you communicate with anyone. But these are things that are specially designed for partnership to help you stay connected no matter what you're talking about. So to get the communication guide, you just go to neilsatin.com slash relate or text the word relate to the number 33444 and follow the instructions. And then you'll get the free guide. And on top of that, we will let you know when things are ramping up for Thriving Intimacy. We're going to do a, a new webinar with some new stuff that we've never done before. And then we're going to, to, to uh, rev up the course. And um, hopefully we'll have a bunch of you who have already taken it join up with us because to go through it again. And then we'll have a bunch of new people to join us as well. So it's going to be fun. And we'll have a special offer on the course as well. So um, along those lines... Um, you may have heard me talk on the show before. I know I spoke about it on the episode with Steve Porges talking about the science of safety. Um, the fact that I used to be a dog trainer. And in fact, I still am a dog trainer. I, I occasionally work with clients. And, and my dog training work is what led me to the work that I do with people in relationship. Because so much of what happens in you and in your emotional world um, comes out in your dog if you have a dog. So this is just a little tiny quick thing for you if you're a dog lover. If you've been interested at all in a totally new, totally different way of working with dogs, then you should check out the online videos that I did um, called Natural Dog Training, The Fundamentals. And if you want to find out more about it, you can visit Prey Drive dogtraining.com pray p-r-e-y like like an animal of prey um not like praying you know in church or the religious institution of your choice um pray drive dogtraining.com you can see a little bit about what i did 
and you'll you'll see how uh, working with a dog in their emotional life actually is really translates into how you work with people and their emotions and kids especially. So if you've been curious at all, check out PreyDriveDogTraining.com and I actually created a little coupon code. So if you're interested in actually buying my online dog training course, um, which is, I, I actually filmed it, I guess it was eight years ago now, eight or nine years ago, nine years ago. Um, and and it's still there, that, that going strong on its own. Um, you can use the coupon code ALIVE and um, and it'll give you 15% off. So it's just my special gift to you for being a Relationship Alive listener. Um, 15% off on my dog training stuff. So um, check it out, preydrivedogtraining.com and use the coupon code ALIVE for 15% off. Okay, I'm gonna dive back in to today's episode. And the next thing that I want to talk about that is so important, I mean, this is really crucial in relationship. It's the state of not knowing. And not knowing happens in opposition to certainty. And if you've gotten my other free guide, which you can get if you just visit neilsatin.com and click the send me the action plan button, um, then you know about these six core human needs that we all share. And the very first one of those needs is the need for certainty, which is a certain amount of predictability in your life. To know that you're going to have a roof over your head or to know where your next meal is coming from. And there are people in this world that don't have that level of certainty or who don't have it all the time. And yet we all share this need even people who seem like the biggest risk takers in the world who thrive on variety in their life, they still need some measure of certainty, guaranteed. Now, if you live from the need for certainty, that is a surefire recipe to stifle yourself and to live a, a stilted, potentially really boring life. Um, and I definitely do not want that for you. And it's also often a way that we can feel held back by our fears. The need for certainty can feel so strong that as you veer away from it, you get really close to the things that frighten you. The fear of being alone, the fear of not being loved or seen or appreciated, or of being abandoned, um, all of those things can spring up. And there's also just the fear of not knowing what's going to happen. It's that unpredictability that is in opposition often to our certainty. And this comes up in relationship all the time, or at least has the potential to. Because we like to operate in this illusion of certainty, like you know who your partner is because they've acted a certain way, or they've told you certain things, um, or you know who you are because of the way you've responded habitually in your life. 
It's easy to pretend that we know exactly what's going to happen or we know what's in store five years from now or 10 years from now. But the truth is, as a wise person once said, and probably several once wise people have said this, the truth is that change is always happening. And there's a certain measure of unpredictability about our world. It just is that way. Which isn't to say that you should just throw up your hands and be like, well, I can never know anything. I think there's also a place for gathering the facts and and doing your best to predict what might be in store for you in the future. So yes, by all means do that. But at the same time, you will often find that you have to live with a certain amount of not knowing what's going to happen of not knowing what the outcome of a particular conversation is going to be, of not knowing what the results or consequences of a choice that you're about to make will be, of not knowing whether your partner is truly in it with you for the long haul or whether they're the right person for you over the long haul. Again, it can be really easy to pretend like, oh, Yes, you like coffee, I like coffee. Um, You like Netflix, I like Netflix. Like, we're good, like, let's do this. It can feel that way at times, right? But after you get past the initial chemistry and the initial things that drew you or draw you to a person, you don't necessarily know. You're gonna go through a period of discernment where you're trying to figure out if this is really the right thing for you. Now, in terms of creating safety in your relationship, it's great if this process can be totally above board with your partner, where you can admit like, yeah, we're in this place where we're trying each other out. We're, we're trying to feel through this and, and I, I want to love you and I want to love you even more. The more I want to know everything about you so I can feel safe and love every bit of you. Or with some of those bits that are more challenging, learn to love every bit of you. Um, Eventually, you may make commitments to each other. You may even get married. And hopefully, you can do that from a place of being so conscious that it creates enough certainty to put some questions to rest, but to open up the doorway to asking totally different kinds of questions. Now that you know, like, yeah, I'm with you. And in fact, I'm with you forever, because I believe in that sort of thing. Now we don't have to think about that anymore. We can think about other things, like how the hell we're gonna make that work, right? Or you could just assume that you're going to make it work and then, you know, maybe that'll last five years, 10 years. Maybe it'll last 50 years if you're lucky, but you're here listening. So hopefully through listening to Relationship Alive, you'll have all kinds of skills in your tool belt to to figure it out and be happy. That's my goal for you. There are so many, over 130 episodes for you to listen to. So that all being said, you have to learn how to be in a state of not knowing and how to somehow be comfortable there. 
because it's an uncomfortable place. So how do you get comfortable when it's uncomfortable, not knowing? Well, it turns out that there are some ways to do that. In fact, there are a lot of ways, but I'm going to give you the three key ways right now with a bonus fourth key way. And then we'll go on our merry way and you can put them into practice until next week's episode. Okay, so thing number one, I'm going to start with the most kind of bare bones basic thing, which is when you're in a state of not knowing, things are uncertain. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, you are likely to be scared in some way. And if you're scared in some way, then on some level, your physiology will put you in a state of fight or flight or freeze. Sometimes freezing can feel like confusion too. Like, I'm not really sure what to do. You're frozen. So if that's happening to you, you are actually triggered. And so one of the most important things to do when you're in a state of not knowing is to recognize, oh, this is hard and I'm triggered and I'm going to deal with that right here and now. So you can do the things, whether it's heart-centered breathing or taking a time out or exercising. There are any number of ways that we've talked about here on the podcast um, and if you're confused, then I think it's episode 47. I may have to look at that. Hang on, I'm going to pause for a moment. Yes, I got it. It's episode 47, which is how to come back into balance when you've been triggered. It's a key concept that is probably one of the hardest skills to master in relationship, and yet it is vital. So that's why I keep talking about it. So... When you're struggling with the discomfort of things being uncertain and not knowing what's going to happen, recognize that you're probably triggered in some way and deal with it. So that's step number one. Thing number two is to come from a place of self-energy. Now, the self-energy is different from the energy of your parts. And this is something that we spoke about with Dick Schwartz way back when. I think that was episode 26. And we're going to talk about it again with him. He's going to be on the show again very soon. Um, but the basic idea here is that if you are feeling emotional or you can't think clearly or you are, um, you know, grasping at your partner for some truth and certainty and, and it's creating more and more tension for you in your relationship, then odds are that that means that there's a part of you that is taking center stage. And parts are often associated with our past. They're, they represent an us that's almost frozen in time at a time in our lives when things were hard. And we all have moments like that, right? Where things are hard and we figure out some way to get through it. 
And sometimes that leaves a part of us kind of stranded in the past, in this difficult time. Conversely, if you're coming from a place of self-energy, you can feel compassionate. You can feel your curiosity. You can feel clarity. You can feel courageous. All these things begin with C's, and I think that's because Dick Schwartz was trying to make it easy for us to remember what represents self-energy versus what represents the, the energy of uh, one of our parts. So if you don't find yourself being compassionate, curious, creative, courageous, clear, then that should be a signal to you, oh, I am not in self-energy, I'm in the energy of one of my parts. And you can have like a quick inner conversation where you say, hey, like all of you parts of me that are, that are um, struggling to be heard or yelling loudly or whatever it is, I need you all to just step back for a minute. I promise I'm here for you. I will hear you. Um, I might need to listen to you one at a time, but I need you all to step back so I can have a little breathing room and, and so I can sort through this for us. <laughs> us meaning all of the, 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 um, the collection of, of parts within us. Dick Schwartz talks about self-leadership, and this is what he means. He means finding that energy of self and, and running the show. So whatever it takes for you to find your way to being curious and having compassion and all of these things that I've mentioned now a few times, that energy will help you be in a state of not knowing, not knowing what's going to happen. Hopefully it can help you get excited by the not knowing because at the other side of not knowing could be a huge gift in the case of a relationship that's uncertain where you're not sure if this is the person for you for the long term, then the huge gift could be, oh, like I learned that I actually love and care about this person, but they're not right for me. But they can still be special and amazing, just not the right person for me. Or at the end of that not knowing, you might be like, wow, holy shit, you're more amazing than I thought you were. Let's do this. Anything is possible, and you can hopefully find your way to excitement by harnessing your curiosity, your compassion. All right, I'm not going to bore you with saying them over and over again, but also, by the way, your courage. And that leads into a third key component, which is faith. And faith can work in a number of ways. One way that I really like to use faith is to look back on the past and and even to look back through some of the struggles that I've had and and I've had a lot in my life and I'm not going to go into it here but you've heard about some of them on the show um, but there have been some hard things in my past and but and yet here I am right like the result of all of those things happening has still led to me being here alive Breathing, loving, living, excited, and ready to see what comes next. And even in the moments that have been really low and challenging and hard for me, 
I've still managed to see like, oh, somehow I got here. Somehow I survived. Even that I got through. And in, and I might look to past times in my life where I felt like things were insurmountable or so confusing or so uncertain and see that even then I was able to get through. And the part, the reason that I look back is because it helps give me faith that moving forward, it's all going to work out just fine. It's all going to work out. I'm going to steer that ship as best I can and I'm not going to lose my resourcefulness. I'm not going to lose my willingness to fight for what's important to me, to fight for the things that matter. I'm not just going to hopefully be buffeted about by the what happens in life. I'm going to have some degree of agency and also things just happen. But I'm going to show up for that. And I have faith that that will be true no matter what happens. Now, for some of us, faith also is about being imbued with um, divine energy or having a connection to God or spirit or the universe. And you have a certain faith with that, that you are part of the divine order and that it's all going to be as it's meant to be, even the hard things. And I really hesitate to say, especially in this day, with everything that's happening in this world, that things are meant to be the way they are. Like, you know, I think we have a degree of, of ability to change things for the better, to always be changing. And those of us who survive, I feel like it's our mission to change things for the better. In fact, that's why I'm here talking to you because I've seen some shitty things and experienced some horrible things in relationships. I'm here not because it's been perfect for me the whole time. In fact, it's often been less than perfect. And so for me, that created a mission of, wow, I'm really going to try to figure this out. And as I figure it out, I'm going to share what I learn with as many people as possible. So here we are, right? That's what this is all about. So I've talked about it before on the show. I, I do experience that connection to something greater, to the divine. And that helps me in the moments of uncertainty, of not knowing. So we have regulating yourself when you're dysregulated by not knowing. We have harnessing the qualities of self, courage, creativity, compassion. You get it. And we have faith. These are three key ways to get through the not knowing. And I told you there was going to be a bonus fourth thing. And here's the bonus fourth thing. The bonus fourth thing is to try to do this in a way where you're not alone. So if you are single, then what that might mean is to find a friend to share your not knowing with and to be like, wow, this is really hard and to com you know commiserate with them and also to get creative together or to have them bear witness to your not knowing and just being like, whoa, how about this? Like, I really have no idea what's gonna happen next. Let's appreciate this moment because in a year, we'll look back on this moment and we'll know exactly what happened, but we have no way of knowing right now. It's kind of miraculous. 
So finding a way to share that with someone else is another way of helping yourself through the not knowing. And if you're in a relationship, the more you can do that with your partner, the better. So again, it's I'm not saying like, say, hey, you know, I don't really know if I like you. So like, who knows what's going to happen? That's not what I'm saying. It's something more like, hey, let's get real. Like, we love each other. And we there have also been some things that have been kind of hard. Like, what would it take for us to be in this exploration together, to admit that we're trying to figure out if we're meant to be? Like, how could how do you know whether you're meant to be with me? And how do I know whether I'm meant to be with you or whether we're meant to go our separate ways? How would we know that? How can we help each other understand the criteria that we use to decide? How can we keep something vital like the safety of our relationship and whether we're in it or not? How can we keep that from being a surprise? Can we create agreements like, hey, you know, we don't really know. So let's agree that in six months or a year or maybe just one month, let's agree that we'll revisit this question and figure out like, hey, how are we doing um, it's let's have that be on the table. And in the meantime, let's be in it. Let's do this. Something like that. So it's finding ways to surface the issue of uncertainty with your partner. And it might even be like, if your partner is really certain, this happens all the time, right? Like my partner is really certain, but I'm not so sure. So you might say, hey, like you seem really certain about us and I'm, like, I just want to be honest with you and say, I'm not so sure. And, but I want to be sure because I, I appreciate how sure you are. And I'm wondering, you know, if we can find some way to, to talk about it together. Maybe I can learn something from you about why you're so sure. Or maybe I can explain to you what's going on with me and you can help me understand myself better or the situation better. What I want you to know is that by bringing this to you, it's because I want more connection with you, right? Not because I want you to feel scared. It's because on some level, and this is almost a certain, this is almost a given. If your partner is uncertain, there are those times where they can totally hide that from you, granted. But for the most part, you're going to sense something. So if you bring that to your partner, you're actually going to help them feel a lot more sane. If you bring it to them in a way that says, hey, I'm owning this and I don't necessarily want want it to be this way. So let's work together. Um, wow, that could be so powerful in your relationship and help you get through the not knowing together. So that was your bonus fourth way. All right. This has been another episode of Relationship Alive. If you haven't joined me and the more than 1,200 other people as of this recording in the Relationship Alive community on Facebook, come find us and join the conversation. We're all there to help you feel supported in your life and in your relationships. 
And uh, I, so I hope to see you there, and I hope to also see you next week. I'm not quite sure who the guest is going to be yet, but I've got some good ones lined up. So I'm excited for you, for the mystery, the not knowing. What will you do between now and then while you wait to see who's next? And um, do make sure that you, that you pick up those guides that I mentioned because they're awesome. I spend a lot of time on them to help you. So um, check those out. We'll let you know when our webinar is happening and when we're start launching the Thriving Intimacy course. And, uh, and yeah, if you're into dogs, check out the dog training thing, PreyDriveDogTraining.com, using the coupon code ALIVE for 15% off. I think that is everything. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I always enjoy being here with you and look forward to seeing you next week. And until then, take care.